0: Uh, This is Jess, everyone. Um, Jess is going to do the reading for us today. Uh, It's from Colossians and if I had an hour, we'd read all of Colossians 1, but I've had to chop bits out. So we're bookending it, the first part and the second part. So Jess is going to read it for us now. If you've got a Bible, open up your Bibles, have it ready, but it will appear on the screen um, for you to follow.
1: of this you have heard before in the word of the truth the gospel which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth just as you learnt it from Epaphras our beloved fellow servant he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf And has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body that is the church. Of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you. To make the word of God fully known. for this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me.
0: Oh man, thanks Jess. Maybe just pop that down, thanks. That's great. Good morning. Everyone all right? Good. couple of smiles. Um, my name's Josh. Oh, goodness me. Bear with me. Smudge on my glasses. Okay. Um, I'm Josh. I'm married to Beth. Um, we have two children, Caleb and Tabitha. And as you saw, uh tabitha is now six weeks because we filmed that two weeks ago if we've got a picture this is tabitha this week now some might say it's wind but i'm just claiming the smiles um absolute joy to have her um beth and caleb unfortunately aren't here today because caleb has the chicken pox um which yeah it's not going well i was up four times last night so if if everything i say this morning is a blur it's caleb's fault um but yeah, he, um, so if you haven't had chicken pox, come and let me know, we'll do a chicken pox party and we can get you all spotted up, that'd be great. Um, I'm part of the NCS leadership team here and it is such a privilege to be sharing God's word this morning. Um, it's um, this theme, I don't know if you know what the theme is, but if you haven't been here, the theme is hope. And... Um, as I was praying and thinking about this, um, I was drawn to, uh, to Colossians, and Colossians, um, Colossians is an amazing book. Um, we'll have a little think about uh, the context in a minute, but Colossians was one of the main reasons that I decided to follow Jesus, uh, to really commit my life as a disciple and follow him. And it was as someone unpacked the poem in the middle of, of chapter 1. We didn't read it today, but there's an amazing poem that Paul um, kind of describes and explains who Jesus he is. He the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him, and he kind of goes on in this rhythm, and this rhythm that builds about who Jesus is, the head of the body. He's incredible. Um, and that was one of the things that drew me to, to commit my life and follow Jesus. Um, but I was really surprised this week. As I began to read and grapple with, with this, I was shocked that I hadn't really seen this theme of hope. I just kind of brushed over it. And as we look at this bookend, as as Jess has read out, there's these two bookends that that give us two signs of hope. And we're going to have a think about today, um, three things that we can put our hope in. And I'm going to keep asking the question this morning, are we going to be Christians or do you want to be disciples? Am I a Christian or am I a disciple? Now, some of you will be like, Is there any difference? But I was challenged that sometimes we can be in the mindset that we're just like, I'm just going to believe that Jesus was real, that he lived, that he died. But actually, what does it look like to be a disciple? To be someone that follows in his ways, that someone that follows his word. Jesus' invitation to us this morning is come and follow me. And we're going to have a think about what that might mean for us today. I was tempted to name my talk Hope is Death, but then I was like, that's just not quite. But we're getting there. We're going to come to death in a minute. Um, we're going to have a think about what it means to die um, to ourselves, spiritually, but also in the natural as well. Um, so, Colossians, you ready? I'm going to speak fast because we haven't got long. But Colossians is an amazing book. Paul writing from pis- prison. And um, he's writing to the church at Colossae because Epaphras, I I keep saying that not wrong. You know, when you read something, the way that I read it, it should sound like Epaphras. But there we go, Epaphras. Um, I think I've been told it's the right way. Epaphras comes to visit Paul and gives him him encouragement of the church at Colossae. Now, this was a church that Paul didn't plant. So Epaphras is like, it's going well. It's going well. People are believing. People are coming to faith, and um, but he also shares with Paul. But these are our struggles. These are the things that we want prayer for. These are the things that we're contending with, and some of these things are essentially Jesus plus. It's not just Jesus. It's Jesus plus the angels, or Jesus plus the festivals, or Jesus plus the feasts. But Paul is like Paul writes them and says no. Come on. Single-minded. Be for Jesus. Live for Jesus. He's worth it. He's bigger than the feasts or the angels. He's bigger than your culture, the culture that you're in. This hub of, of multiculturalism in, in Colossae. He is enough. And when we understand that, he then says, the later half of the book, he then the later half of the letter, he then says, and now live in response to that. This is how you live in, in in your work in in your families. This is how it looks to live and follow Jesus to be a genuine disciple, a real follower of Jesus and His Word. And we, excuse me. And we see um, from the text that Jess read out, we see this theme of hope coming out. Verse five. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Well, what's the fruit of hope? And what's the reason Paul says there's hope? It's amazing here because it says, um, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints. So the fruit of hope is faith in Jesus And love for all the saints. Do you want hope in your heart laid up in heaven so that you have faith in Jesus, but also love for all the saints? But what's the reason for this hope? Paul goes on to say, because you have heard in the word of truth the gospel. Because you've heard the word of truth, the gospel. We have to understand the gift of hearing reading and having the word of God Paul knew it and Paul Paul responds by saying you've heard it you've seen it now you've hoped now the fruit is faith in him and love for the saints this is just the introduction Paul's here but it's so deep and profound God speaks through his word and his word bears fruit his word is powerful and true When we believe his word, it bears fruit. That's what we see from the church of Colossae here. The first thing I want us to know and grasp is that hope in God, God speaks. Hope that God speaks. Hope that God speaks. He wants to communicate. He has given us his word and him fully revealed in his word so that we can put our hope in him. He speaks and he wants to communicate with us. I love that we see this. God sets this up in, in the start, um, in the beginning of time. In Genesis 2, he, he has this conversation with Adam. He's the conversation God. He's like, he explains what the garden's like. He explains how to interact with the garden. And then I love this. And, and God um, says it's, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper to, um, to be with you. And then God puts all of the beasts and the birds on the fields and brings them before Adam and says, let's name them together. This is a God who's near. He speaks and he has conversations with us. We can have a hope that God wants to communicate. He is not far off. And Paul goes on to explain in um, in in Colossians we haven't read it, but that that the way to God, the way to being in conversation, in communion with God, is through the blood shed by Jesus on the cross. Some of you here today may think God doesn't speak; He's distant or far off. No, because of the cross, because of the blood shed on the cross through Jesus, God is a communication God. He wants to speak. And and the question that God, God just longs for us to trust him at his word. That's what we see, the pattern of scripture throughout scripture, as you begin to turn page after page, is essentially God, this relational God, saying, will you trust what I say? Will you trust what I say? God says to Adam and Eve, you can look at everything. Bear my image, be fruitful, multiply. Just explore, have adventures, but just just don't go there. Just don't. Don't go there. Just trust me. You, d- you don't need to go there. But they didn't trust him. And they go. What, we see it throughout Abraham. God says, Look at the stars. Multitude, multitude, generation upon generation will be yours. You'll be the father of many nations. Did Abraham believe him? No. He tried to make it happen in his own way. And eventually the story of God just redeeming Abraham and and, and an incredible journey. But it's this this conversation where God says this thing and he's like, just trust me. Just trust me. We can trust God at his word. His word is real and powerful and true. And he invites us to just say yes to it. When you read something in scripture, when you hear from God, will you say yes and walk into that thing? Be, Be active and walk out the thing that God is asking us to do. His word is powerful and he speaks. The next thing that we see, we see that from the first few verses um, in Colossians. Then we come to the second part. And in the second part um, that Jess read for us, verse 24, Paul is talking about suffering. So he basically says, God speaks. There's hope, hope in that. Hope, believe in the gospel. When you hear God's word, believe it. Then he says, Jesus is this, and we didn't read that, but he unpacks who Jesus is. And then he said, because you believe, you're going to suffer. You know, often we, hit, we think, we can think that following Jesus can be, yeah, I'm going to be really happy. I'm going to be full of joy. And these are true. But the Bible's very clear that we are going to suffer, and we're actually called to suffer. That it's going to be hard. What does it look like to suffer well? Paul says here, I'm going to rejoice in my sufferings. This is a man who's been bruised and broken and battered, shipwrecked, imprisoned, imprisoned, stoned. This guy knew what it was to suffer. What does it look like to suffer? Well, I used to work for um, a company in Sheffield. And while I was there, I experienced what I think was quite severe suffering for me at that time. I was a Christian and... um, I uh, shared my faith with people, but it was just met with, with just bullying, really. Um, they said some horrific things about Jesus. They, they really um, tried to paint these horrible pictures of who Jesus was and, and say them in front of 10, 12 people. And um, that time of my life was this, I'm going and I'm trying to live in this way, but, but I'm being met with such opposition. And I'm being pulled down and torn down and my life picked apart. What does it look like to suffer? Maybe you're suffering right now. Maybe job, work, home, family, maybe those things feel like suffering. And Jesus says, share in my suffering. Paul says here, share in suffering so that my, in um, the afflictions of Christ, so that it may be filled up so that the church would know more of who Jesus is. You see, when we suffer, we know more of who Jesus is. It says in Romans, uh, Romans 5, that um, suffering, um, suffering, someone tell me what it is. Suffering, I've gone blank, character, character, hope, oh my word. Someone shout it out. Thank you. Perseverance produces character, character produces hope. Hope in Jesus. When we suffer... We get to share in his suffering. Now, what do we see from Jesus? We see that he suffered. The ultimate suffering was his death on the cross, taking the weight of the sin, the whole world on his shoulders. That anguish in the garden of Gethsemane, where he goes, do I have to do this? But yet he chose to be obedient to suffering, to die on the cross. And Jesus invites us into suffering. He says in Luke nine twenty three, says he says, Come follow me. If you want to follow me, basically give up your life. Come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and daily follow me. Are we dying to our own agendas? Are we dying to our own success and our own our own thing that we want to see God do? Or are we saying, No, Jesus, do you know what? Crucify me. Crucify me. We have this thing on form that we say, um, this repetitive thing just to remind us. I have died with Christ. I've been buried with Christ. I've been raised with Christ. I've been seated with Christ. Now I reign with Christ. This picture of us going to death. Why? So that he would resurrect us. So that we would live in the fullness of life. That's the invitation. But we have to go through death first. And this isn't just a one-off thing. This is daily. Daily. What does it look like to lay down your own agenda and say, do you know what? I'm going to die to myself. I'm going to die to the thing that I thought was right, and I'm going to follow your way. Because as we die, he raises us. Now, it's not about the resurrection, because actually his invitation is to death and resurrection. What does it look like to suffer? My mum my and dad are here today. Hello, absolute heroes. Um, So no pressure, just got to nail it. This is the first time I think they've heard me preach live. Um, But my mum and dad are incredible people, and I hope they don't mind me sharing this story. But um, many years ago, I can't remember how many, 12 years ago, I think, um, my mum and dad had a motorbike accident. And um, I was at university at the time, and um, someone came to pick me up because my mum was in in intensive care. And um, just... um, unsure whether this was going to be the end Um, and I walk into the hospital and my dad's been there with um, my sisters and he's holding my sisters and I walk up and my dad um, says to us all he says almost the first thing he said I remember it so clearly he said and God works for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose this is a man whose wife is currently in intensive care Um, unsure whether she's going to live or die. And I think that's what hope looks like. I don't want to embarrass him too much, but he's one of my heroes, my dad. Um, A man that can stand there and go, do you know what? I have a hope so sure in heaven that either God is going to bring my wife to to be well again, to not let her die, or she's going to be with him in glory. To hold on to hope that says, in that moment of, of anguish and suffering, that says, no, God. God. Why? Because he chose to believe that God's word was true. He chose to believe that God's word was true. What does it look like to suffer well? So many of us, or in society, maybe not you, but in society there is a fear of death. There is this culture of death. And, and even this week, I was, um, there was this Momo thing. I don't know if you've seen it on Facebook. Whether it was real or fake, it was horrible. This, this thing that was encouraged to, in teen- teenagers to basically um, harm themselves or commit suicide. This culture of death that, that, that whips up this fear. Fear of serious illness, fear of death. God does not want this for us. He does not want this for us. Because he wants us to learn to suffer well. Do you have a hope in heaven? Mike unpacked what it's gonna look like at the end. Last week or two weeks ago, it's brilliant. If you haven't heard Mike's talk, go and listen to it. It's so good. And I won't go into it too much now because that's Mike said it's so much better. But God is real. His words are true. And this is not the end. This is just one step in the adventure of life. A moment, a full stop, a tiny second in this huge adventure. If you have any fear of serious illness or death, God wants to heal that. God wants to show you the truth of His Word and how He wants you to interact with death. Will we die physically well? And will we die spiritually well until we get to that physical death? I can't wait to die, honestly. But I'm going to live really well now. Paul shows us how to suffer well, to rejoice in suffering. He reminds us that God is the one who speaks. Are we going to be Christians or are we going to be disciples? You follow his way and his word. And finally, hope in his church. Paul says at the end of Colossians, we proclaim him, warning everyone and teaching with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And verse 27, to this God chose to make them known among the Gentiles, that are the riches of the glory and his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What are we existing for? Why does the body exist? It exists to make one another mature in Christ. So right now, your responsibility to each other is to help one another become more like Jesus, to grow in maturity to the person of Christ. But also to show the world the mystery of the glory of Christ, which is you, the hope of glory. So right now, when the world sees you, they see Christ in you, the hope of glory. The mystery of the gospel of the truth, the gospel of Jesus, the truth that God speaks and he wants to communicate with the world. How many people out there are just lonely and broken and lost and need to hear that the God of the universe knows their name and speaks truth over them and wants to communicate them? How are they going to know that? Because you are. You are Jesus. You get to be little Jesuses. To be disciples who represent him, who look like him, and show the world that there is a hope. For the future there is a hope for life after death there is a hope to grow the church is powerful but it needs to be everything that god is asking it to be how do we do that we die how does the church get over its own agenda and politics we all die we all need to say do you know what i'm going to lay myself down to be resurrected with Jesus and, and walk and follow and listen to his word and follow in his ways to understand him, his word, his voice, and his conversation. Will I trust the words of God? Will we as a body trust the words of God? That's what hope looks like hope in the resurrected king. Hope in Hope is conversation and friendship with God now. Hope is his word, fully revealing his character and nature. Hope is life. Hope is death. Physical and spiritual. That it's not the end, but the adventure continues. Hope is suffering. To share in his suffering. Follow him and become more like him in life and in death hope for his body this body the church to step into its fullness to fulfill its role as bearing his image a church so radical that it loves the poor lonely and broken the hope of the earth the church a church that gives to the hopeless a church that is the hands and feet and heart and mind and body of jesus I can't explain this, but four years ago, I had this amazing time with God um, where he deeply met me, and he basically, it was very physical and real, and I imagined myself being operated by God, operated on. He had the scalpel, and he was the doctor working, and he cut off my hands and my feet, my heart, my lips, my mind, my nose, my eyes, my ears, my mind, every part of me, and replaced it with the hands, the feet, the heart, the mind, the... The ears, the lips, the eyes of Jesus. It was very real and very physical that I could smell things and I could hear things and feel things. But what had to happen in order to to show me this this part that I was going to be part of this journey with God, to represent Jesus, to be Jesus, the hands, the feet, and the body? I had to die. This moment of laying down and I was gone. It was like I was dead. But he brought me back to life. And, and um, as I was having this vision and experience with God, I, um, I saw the church, the church of God, beautiful and splendid. And it was broken, but God changed it. When we as a people say we're going to die to our own agenda so that we can be raised with him, that could look really different. We're going after the transformation of Sheffield here to make disciples and make life better. That starts with us dying to ourselves. That starts with us suffering well. That starts with us believing that God speaks and holding to the truth of His Word, of what He says. He is this hope, and we can hold on to this hope. It's real and tangible. Hope that God speaks hope in suffering and hope in His church. I want us to respond to this now, so um, worship guys, can you just come and join us um, while these guys start to start to um, play we 're just going to take thirty seconds um, and just uh, while, where you are, I just want you to ask Holy Spirit if there 's anything that has Um, stirred your heart that God is wanting to say to you from what we see in um, Colossians here and what God's been stirring in us um, through this theme of hope. We'll just take a minute and then we're going to respond together.